We're going to get into things. We're talking about Jesus in the Old Testament. This is actually the last Sunday of the sermon series. And uh, so the person that's going to end out the series is our very own Anna Marie. Let's give her a round of applause. Can I, can I pray for you? Okay. Okay, let's pray for her. Now, Father, we just thank you for Anna Marie. We just thank you that that she is amazing and that you have filled her with your wisdom and with your word. And Father, we just pray that your that our hearts will be open to the word that you have given in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Anna Marie. Amen. I can't say anything after this. Thank you, Luke. Thanks very much. Um, and good morning from my side. Welcome to the service. As Lucas said, we are busy with a series on Jesus in the Old Testament. And today my um, theme is Jesus, our covenant God. Um, so I've prayed beforehand that the Holy Spirit will really have a, have a personal appointment today with each of you to break open the word. That, um, that I will be out of the equation, but that he talks to you about the depth of his covenant with each of us. Um, the Old Testament is actually not only about the history of Israel. The Old Testament is actually about the history of the covenants. It's a story in which Jesus reveals his heart, his character, and his plans for mankind. And that is why the covenant is seen or referred to as the, the backbone of the Bible. It becomes a framework of the story of God, of how he actually plans the redemptive story to save us through Jesus. It all starts in Genesis. Um, so God created humans to be part of a relationship. He wanted us to stand in a covenant relationship with him. And then later on, he entered in various relationships with people. And so a story evolved. It's actually a narrative of divine human relationships. And every covenant did not um, disregard the previous one. It actually supplements each other. And in the end, it ends off in a climax, and this is on the cross through Jesus. But let's first of all see what covenant means. So there are two words for covenant. The one is in Hebrew, and the other one is in Greek. And in Hebrew, it means, very formally actually, a treaty, an agreement, a seal, a solemn binding contract between two parties, but it also means, the Semitic root, it also means is to cut and to bind. You'll see how this all comes together in the covenants that Jesus has with us. In Greek, it means our will, our testament, a pact, a contract, also an agreed-on plan to which both parties subscribe. And those of you who are married, you see that there are a lot of these aspects in our marriage covenants with each other. But the covenant that we have with Jesus and with God Almighty differs from a contract in that it is relational and personal. It is actually a promise. So in the Bible, we have various covenants, the five main covenants. 
um, I've outlined on the screen, and I'm quickly going to take you through them, some in more depth. Um, but I would like to share with you the story about the covenant. So it all started in the beginning when Jesus created us to have a personal covenant relationship with him. And then he had a covenant with Noah, then with Abram, with Moses, with David. And then right at the end, the best of all, the new covenant through Jesus. So these covenants are very well documented in the word. And some of them have signs and symbols attached to it. So at the beginning, the first covenant is obviously in Genesis 1 to 3. But then Lord, the Lord had a covenant with Noah in Genesis 8 and Genesis 9, its whole story. And the sign was the rainbow. After that, he had the covenant with Abram. And you'll see that he actually had different covenants with Abram in Genesis 12 and 15 and 17. And circumcision then was the sign. Then with Moses, he also had more than one covenant in Exodus 19, 24 and 34. And the Ten Commandments was one of the signs. And then he had a covenant with David in 2 Samuel 7, and at the end, the new covenant. So the new covenant was already mentioned in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah, but then there's uh, an amazing part in Hebrews 8 and 9 and 10 about the new covenant. And the symbols are the cross and the Holy Spirit. And this is where we are going to end today, to see how Jesus was part of all these covenants. And then right at the end, ended um, through Jesus, through the cross. So the covenant story starts in the beginning. Um, right at the beginning in Genesis 1, when the Lord created us. And he, his covenant had three R's. It was to replicate, to rule, and to represent him. But then men sinned. And it fractured those relationships, and sin and death entered. And what did the Lord do? He introduced covenants. So the underlying theme of this is sin. So more sin entered the world. So then what the Lord did is he actually sent a devastating flood. And that was our first covenant, a devastating flood to purge the earth. He wanted to, to literally clean the earth through water from all the sin and everything and bad, all the wickedness on, on the earth because he wanted a restored creation for us to live in. And in Genesis 9, you will see the first covenant. I'm, I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. It should be on the screen. And he said, and I will compassionately remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And never again will the water become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the rainbow is in the clouds and I look at it, I will solemnly remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that's on the earth. And God said to Noah, the rainbow is the sign of the covenant, the solemn pledge, the binding agreement, which I've established between me and all the living things on the world. 
so on the earth. So the Lord actually purged the earth, cleaned the earth, and then said, I will never do this again. But despite this, evil prevailed. And the story goes on through the Tower of Babel and how, how everybody, almost everybody on the earth sinned. And then through grace, God chose Abraham. And you will see that this is the first blood covenant where blood was involved. And there's a beautiful covenant ceremony in Genesis 15. And I'm going to explain this to you. But before I do that is what we must remember is how the Lord this, did this covenant wasn't strange to Abram because he lived um, at that time in the ancient Near East. So he knew the rituals and he knew the customs. So on the screen, I have a picture of actually how the covenant was sealed in those days. So it was sealed by cutting an animal into two parts, and then it was laid a couple of feet apart, the animals, half of it, and then the blood was sprinkled in the middle. So the two people who are entering this covenant had to join hands, and then they have to walk over the blood until right at the end where the priest would wait. And this priest would then hear their vows, their pledges, their promises. On the side, there were ten witnesses on each of these sides. And these witnesses had to listen to the vows. Um, some of the commentaries said they were like hitmen because they were listening to the vows. And if any one of these people would break the vows, they can be killed by cutting them in half. So this was actually the custom, the ritual of that time. So within this, have a look at Genesis 15, how the Lord actually utilized this rituals, this cultural traditions, and he did a brand new covenant with Abram. Verse 5, and he brought him outside and said, look towards heaven, that's Abram, now the Lord says to Abram, and number the stars, if you are able to number them. And then he said to him, and remember at that time Isaac wasn't born, he said to him, so shall your offspring, offspring be. And he believed the Lord. So this is very important. He believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. It was after this that the Lord did the covenant with him. And he said to him, I'm the Lord who brought you out to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know? that I shall possess it. And he said, bring me a heifer, three years old, a female goat, three years old, a ram, three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all of these, cut them in half, and laid each other half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half. That is a sermon on its own. It's amazing, actually, um, the symbolism of that as well. And when birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. When the sun has gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. So I just want to highlight two, two of these anecdotes or two of these words. The deep sleep word is tardema in Hebrew. 
And that word is only used twice in the Torah and seven times in the Bible. It's the same word that the Lord used to put Abram in a deep sleep when he made Eve. And the word actually means that is only sleep that the Lord can give to reveal his purposes and his vision. A layman language would, would translate it as a trance. We would say a coma, but it's a deep, deep presence of the Lord that actually come over you as if in sleep. And in the case of Adam, a bride was born. In the case of Abram, a nation was born. So actually what happened is the Lord had a covenant of blessing with Abram. He said, you will be blessed. So that was a covenant. But then he said, I'll make you the father of the nations and I will be your God forever. The second word is the fire pot and the flaming torch. And this is also a sermon on its own because what the Lord did here is he actually came between he took Abram out of the equation. Abram was in a deep sleep. The Lord does this, so Abram had to do nothing. Abram believed in the Lord. And that flaming torch and fire pot is, it signified the presence of God. So in this instance, Lord, the Lord himself, Holy Spirit, ratified that covenant. So the amazing thing of this, as there were, there were blood but Abram didn't have to carry that the Lord did it. And he actually confirmed that covenant with Abram. So Abram's offspring, and this is the story that goes on, Abram of, Abram's offspring multiplied, and then they became quite a big family in Egypt, and you know that Pharaoh didn't like this at all. So God then chose Moses to lead them out of this land into the promised land. And again, he had three covenants. So these are the three with Moses that he had. The first one is now, therefore, if you will in fact obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own special possession and the treasure. So the Lord said to them, if you, if you will obey this, you, you're like a treasure. You're like a special, special possession to me. It's like the the most wonderful gift, that is how you will be to me. And that's what he's saying to us. Through this covenant, he made us his own personal possession. And then there was blood involved as well. In Exodus 24, Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, this is the blood of the covenant, um, which the Lord has made with you according to his word. So again, the sign was the blood that the Lord has given. And then the last one was the Ten Commandments. The Lord said to Moses, write these words. In accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you in Israel. So remember, this was on stone. It was written. And now you will see how the Lord actually came to make that alive in our lives, how Jesus Christ made that alive in our lives. So after Moses, God's people entered Canaan. And what did they say? We want a king. So then the Lord again establishes a covenant. He, ch he chose David. And David was the son of Jesse from the tribe of Judah. In 2 Samuel 17, verse six, 7 verse 16, he said, Your house, and that's a royal dynasty. This is how he viewed David's house. 
and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. In the Old Testament, also in Isaiah 11, there's a scripture said that Jesus comes, will come eventually from the root of Jesse. And in the New Testament, there were 17 times where Jesus was referred to as the son of David. So what Jesus did here, God did here, he established a covenant with David to forever establish his name, his kingdom, his kingship on the throne. And from the shepherd, the king came. Um, this is also a sermon on its own. The depth of this, actually, how the Lord just planned this, and all the symbolism of the lamb and the lion of Judah and all of that is it's actually started here with David. So, but Israel violated this in terms of the previous contracts, all of it. So, what did the Lord say? Now I will make a new covenant. And this would be the culmination of his saving work for us. It was already um, prophesied in Jeremiah 31, verse 33, where the Lord actually said, I will put my law in the minds and write it on their hearts. So it will be here and it will be here. And in verse 39, it says to give you an undivided heart. So he will, he will, through his Holy Spirit, that was the promise, he will write it on our hearts that we would want to be in covenant with him. And this is a promise that he made. And this promise he took further in Hebrews 8, 9, and 10. I will share the scripture with you where the Lord actually says, I make a new covenant with you. And it's all about your heart. But what the Lord also did and, and this he did in Matthew. When he came, he actually instituted the new covenant through communion. He said, this is the blood. And he said, this is, this is shed for the remission of sins. So the Lord actually came and said that Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus, will clean you from all your sins. And that the blood of Jesus is the sign of this new covenant. So he made that perfect sacrifice for us to be able to, to be in the presence of the Holy of Holies. So you remember in the, in the Old Testament, there was a priest and people could only, only go there once a year. or yeah, once a, It was actually once a year. Now we've got access. We've got free access through Jesus to the presence of God. And also the Lord sealed all of his discovenants. He sealed it through Jesus. Um, we couldn't keep that covenant. And I think this is an important thing. So we, we couldn't do it. We can't do it and we couldn't do it. But he gave Jesus to us. And because we have him, we can keep that covenant. I want to say something just about the new covenant. It's called in Hebrew a better covenant. So although all of these covenants are so important and, and they Got all got to be there in order to be fulfilled by Jesus. This is a better covenant. You'll see the last scripture in Hebrew, it says, by so much more, Jesus become a surety of a better government, of a better covenant. And I'm going to read to you Hebrew 9, um, verse 14. How much more will the blood of Jesus, who through the eternal Holy Spirit willingly offered himself to God, 
cleanse your conscience from dead works and lifeless observances. So what, what Jesus came to do is he cleansed us. Like with Noah, he cleansed the earth. He also came to cleanse us. Things that are just, um, that, is, that is just lifeless and dead, it, it, it took away. It becomes a personal relationship. And then in verse 15 it says that he is the mediator, negotiator of a new covenant, covenant so that those who have been called by God may receive the fulfillment of the promised eternal inheritance since a death has taken place as the payment. So, so we all know that, that Jesus had to die for us to have eternal life. But the fact is that the Lord has a covenant with us. The Lord promised that all that we've got to do is to believe in him. It's a grace covenant to take that blood of Jesus and say, I accept you. I take that blood and I am in covenant with you because of your grace. So in summary, the covenants from the Old Testament tell a story. So God preserved the world through Noah and he initiated redemption through Abram. He formed a special people as a nation through Moses, and then he promised a special shepherd king um, who drew forever through David, and then he fulfilled all of this through Jesus. So I want actually to touch on how does this affect us personally? What does it mean to you personally? So when Jesus came to earth and he went to heaven, he said, I promised you another helper. So it means that, that Jesus died and he went to heaven, but we got another helper. And that another in Greek means one like me, just in addition to me. So through the new covenant, we got the Holy Spirit. And this indwelling spirit lives within us. So it means that the Holy Spirit is in our hearts it's written here in our hearts. It's definitely in our minds as well, but it's in our hearts. It means we have constant conversation, a constant consciousness as part of this covenant. We also have bold access to, Lord, to the Lord. We, we needn't be afraid to talk to the Lord, to ask him anything. And through that, we live in the realm of grace and we become light in the world because the Lord is within us now. Something that I've um, learned or ponder about the last few weeks is also about the presence of God. So we know the Lord is omnipresent. It means we know it. He's here on earth. In His Holy Spirit is all around us. We know it, but we don't always feel it. The manifest present is when we feel it. We become, we become aware of it. And this is one of the secrets of this covenant. That he's always been here throughout the ages. He's always been here. The omnipresence of God was always there. The manifest presence is when you become so close, you're knitted to him, then you feel him. You become increasingly aware of him. So there's one scripture that I would like to read to you. And this scripture is in the Passion Translation. And it, to me, it's a, it's a lovely scripture to 
bring all of this actually together. And it says, now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He's given to us like an engagement ring as the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all of redemption promises and experience complete freedom to the glory and honor of God. I want the ushers to please come forward. So what I am going to do, um, or what I've experienced from the Lord, um, the ushers will now hand out to all of you a ring. And it is a symbol um, of our covenant with God. So in our marriages, we give each other a ring. And we say we agree on this covenant. We abide to this. We make a promise, a holy promise in our marriages. And in the scripture that's on the screen, we say that, that the Holy Spirit is like an engagement ring. You can hand it out. Thanks. Like an engagement ring. You can take one. Please only take one because we need to have for the second service as well. You can choose your color. Um, so this engagement ring is then your own personal ring between you and God. It's just a symbol. If you want white for purification, for cleansing, or red to remind you of the blood of Jesus, or black to say, Lord, I just want, to, want you to blot out everything that come against you between us. The colors on you. So because the Lord knows how we, how we work and how we operate, he gave us a rainbow, he gave us circumcision, um, <clears throat> and now we are stamped with a seal. And this is the idea of the ring. So I would like you to take this ring and where you are, if you would like to, just renew your covenant with God. This is the first thing. That, that pledge very personal, between you and God, while the music plays softly in the background. Um, if you can do it a little bit softer, if that's possible, just very, very quiet because it's a personal thing, sorry. Um, just between you and God. Renew your vows. Tell him what you, how you love him. So this is a personal promise between you and God, where you really, you really just ask Him, Lord, where, where do I break covenant? This is the second thing. Where do I break covenant? Where do I?
compromise. It can be small compromises in your daily life. Where does um, performance and my work and my, even my spouse, my children, where does it become so important in my life that every now and then I break covenant? Where do I drink from a cup that you haven't filled? So I'm going to give us a bit of time just to, to do those two things, to renew your covenant with God and also to ask him to purify you, to cleanse this covenant relationship from everything that might be in the place of being in covenant with him. Jesus, we come to you today and we give our hearts to you again. And Lord, we want to be in covenant with you. Not only would we like to be your treasured possession, but we, we would like you to be ours. And you said that we are stamped through the seal of the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring. And we take this ring and we pledge, we promise that we want to keep this covenant with you. We ask you that you write it on our hearts through your Holy Spirit, a love for you, a respect for you, an adoration for you. And Lord, today we ask your Holy Spirit to help us to keep that covenant. We cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. We accept Jesus as the fulfillment of your covenant. And in addition, we have Holy Spirit. So thank you for that. We love you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. <laughs>